Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Televi, and joining me to take your uh, stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. David, Wayne, good evening to you both. Uh, Wayne, if I might start with you, not a great day on the JSE today. Um, resources shares under a lot of pressure and we've got a lot of I guess um, burnt platinum stockholders uh, yes. are, are messaging us tonight. Um, but just generally, the, the market decline today, and and the fact that the well, rand I suppose is it's all to do, all to do with China and what's happening in the Chinese economy, and more doom and gloom on uh, the outlook for lower interest rates. And I mean, I've given my viewpoint many, many times, and of course, only the future will, will tell whether I'm right or wrong in giving that viewpoint. But just on mining shares and on the cycle in, in particular, I mean, don't for a moment think you can call the bottom of the cycle. When a share shows value, you should say, well, it's showing value now, I should buy, it can go 20% lower, it can go 30% lower. But if your underlying thesis is correct, you will make money if you buy the shares when they show value. So I think that's the first point. The second point is, you know, and I've said this many times, this is not a science this say. You're trying to guess the future. If I knew for certain that every time I make a recommendation, the shares only going up from the next day, I wouldn't tell anyone. <laughs> yes, and you wouldn't be on a show. I would keep, Although you would do, I would keep uh, all that information not. to myself and make money. And when, you, when you're in the public domain like this, I mean, and David's encountered it, and I encountered it often, you know, when you make a recommendation and people make money out of it, then they're so clever for buying that share. When you make a recommendation and people will lose money, they say, that Wayne McCurry lost me money because he told me to buy these shares. You know, there's no guarantees in, in investments. You know, let the, let the, what's that Latin saying? Let the buyer beware. Yeah. You know, if you, and I've said this so many times in so many different forums that if you run a well-managed, balanced, diversified portfolio, no one bet if it goes wrong is going to kill you. Yeah. If other people put all of their retirement investment savings into something I said or something David said or something someone else said and they lost money, that's their fault. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the viewer says, how is it possible to painfully hold platinum miners? We're absolutely smashed. Um, you know, I, I, I think about John Bicard and all the flack that he took when um, the, in the 91 Value Fund was, was very overweight platinum stocks and they just kept buying them on the way down. And then, of course, a couple of years later, they were proven correct and they had an absolute stunner of yeah, a year. Yeah, I don't know. David? Uh... You, you know, when you look at the JSC, and I'm not a great supporter of the JSC, I've, uh, I still, you know, I still struggle to find good businesses, but you can't ignore it's cheap. It's, it's really, really cheap on a historical basis. And even, even if the companies just bumble along where they are at the moment, it's still very cheap, whether you're looking at banks. When I look at the platinum market, Platinum at 900 is where it stays. You know, you don't, you're not going to get it at 800 or 700. You're not going to get platinum there. And, uh, even though the chart looks horrible and there have been some big sell-offs now, you, you're not far from the bottom. It's, it's, it's the easiest thing is to, is to say that, that the downside is probably far less, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is limited. 
and far less likely than the upside. So I, yeah. Wayne, Wayne's going to be right. Maybe yeah, and, week, you know, maybe, and, and I'll go back to because you know when you when when you when you are in the position that David and I are in, you know, you remember the ones you got wrong far more vividly than totally. the ones you got right. Mm. And I can remember the story and all the flack I took on recommending Kumba Iron Ore at about 120 rand, and the next stop was 25 or 26 rand. Yeah. Eh? But the next stop was 650, if not higher, 700. Yeah. I, I, you I don't think know where the bottom is. This, we're coming to the end of the tightening cycles, whether it's this month, next month. You know, we're already talking about when the uh, rate reductions will come in the United States, first quarter, 2024, second quarter. It's coming. And China as well. China's not going to fall down in a heap. <laughs> it's not going to stop functioning. So I think, I think we, you know, this is, all the bad news is kind of accumulating at the moment. You just got to be patient. Just you know, don't 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 look every day and and and, and try and uh, either call the bottom or whatever. Or sorry, I know you're trying to point. Yeah, and say no, something. I, I want to. I just <laughs> no. So I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to ask you about China because I could see that. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. can I just say something? I mean, have we potentially been used to the China of? 15 or 20 yeah. years ago. And we've yeah. got so used to China coming and picking up the slack. You know, they had yeah. huge infrastructural developments. But in doing so, they built these cities that are empty, these roads to nowhere. I mean, actually, you know, Drickus Combrink mentioned it on Monday night. So that era of Chinese growth has yeah. now passed. Yeah. In which case, maybe we are foolish to hang our hats on expectations for iron yeah. or copper based yeah. on a Chinese recovery. Yeah. But are there other sectors or countries in the world who could take up the Chinese slack? I don't know. What do you, you know, do you think, or, or do we have to get rid, uh, used to a we had normality Japan. that's Remember different? Japan in the 80s, they wrote all the management books. Uh, every management book was about the, the, uh, the Japanese managers. And that hit a wall and just came to an abrupt halt. Uh, it, but it still remained a very large part of the global economy. And still is today for various reasons. You know, mainly population growth is down, so it's still a good economy. But um, it did stop all of a sudden, and I think China's coming to that. It's almost a reminder of what happened in Japan. But it doesn't mean the Chinese economy is just going to grind to an absolute halt. Yeah. They still will. Um, there still will be stimulus coming out of there. People will get richer and start to spend, and so it happens. So China is definitely going from a, let's call it a producing country to a consumption country, definitively, as people, as countries get richer, that's what, what happens. But you must remember, there's still the whole other world out there that's going to have some recovery in demand as interest rates are cut and Chinese biggest exporter to that world. So it's not just internal Chinese demand or that that'll push it. And of course, the question is, is it in the price or not? That's all that matters in investments is that is the the new scenario in the price in the current price of the shares and just talking once again about platinum you think our I mean and that's went went below 700 today it's down from two and a half thousand yeah how much more bad news do you want in the price yeah so you know have yeah. you looked at India I mean India is now the fifth largest economy in the world it wasn't there a few years ago so you're getting consumption. It's a difficult uh, country to invest in because it's so fragmented 
and it's difficult to find companies, but they're consuming and growing and doing things, mm. you know, and it's a population of 1 billion plus. So uh, you will billion. find other areas. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, a viewer does say, I agree with Wayne. No one told me to buy implants at 18 Rand and Anglo at 50. So, and if you did do that, well, then you're obviously sitting pretty. Um, uh, moving on, the Sun International came out with a real cracker update yes. today. Um, and the, uh, the viewer says, uh, may the panel kindly give an insight on what sentiment is causing Sun International to behave this way? Well, I guess positive sentiment. Uh, Wayne, hmm. I mean, you were quite positive yeah. on Sun uh, International and Southern Sun. Yeah, um, I'm actually very keen on on, on the leisure and and and, and uh, related industries. Foreign tourists can come here and have a wonderful holiday for a song or absolutely nothing. Domestic people aren't running away to Germany and the UK and London with the ex uh, 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 America with the exchange rate where it is now. And I actually went on for the one night uh, little break on Wednesday night to a local, very well-known local resort type of thing. And it was pumping. Uh, there were people there. There were foreigners there. The, the place was, was, was working well. Mm. You know, so I'm very positive. But the reason why the share has gone up is that this was a good announcement by them. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, David, maybe the confusion for someone who's looking at that chart of the last year, uh, it peaked few months ago kind of then oh, retraced yeah. quite dramatically and has kind of recovered since as you can see there mm. um uh but you've got the confirmation that chart is winding now. up yeah that chart is winding up from the bottom left to the top right <laughs> you know it's grinding it's not going in a straight line but conditions are improving and if you went through the numbers today through the trading statement uh, this has come through, uh, you know, recovery in tourists and leisure. And mainly, they said they had an absolute enormous first half. And look, they made acquisitions in the second half of yes. last year, which are also coming in. And they begin gambling as well. You yeah. know, they know the market there. Sunbet so, generated record income. Yeah. Uh, which is well on yeah. its way to uh, achieving aggressive growth targets. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, those are those are rare sentences yeah. from JC. Those are rare sentences for a South African company, yeah. Yeah. Um, so would you still, so Wayne, you would still be buying Sun International uh, yeah. on the basis of this Look, it's, it's, sitting, it's, sitting at a, it's sitting at a 14 price earnings ratio, which is not the cheapest in the, in the world. There's probably some domestic shares that show far better value than that. But... You know, it's still, this is, I think, for the next year or two, a bit of a growth industry. Mm. Um, and then banking. We've and people, had, yeah. You know, if you want to travel now, you've got to have a raffle. You know, you've got to raffle your children or something like that to get enough money. <laughs> yeah, you've got to, you got to have, you got to have, you got to have crowd, crowdfunding. Um, let us talk about banking. Uh, there's a question on Investec. Uh, and the viewer says, any specific reason for the significant decline in the Investec share price? Uh, David? Is it just that it came off because it ran really no. hard? <clears throat> no, it, it went ex-dividend today. Oh, okay. I mean, well, today, but yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, but it's, it's you know, over a five-year period, this share is up 160%. Look, it's coming off a low base. Yeah. But um, in fact, if you look at Investec over 10 years, uh, it's had an up and down uh, run, but it's still, I think it outperforms even Capitec. Um, on a total return basis. I've got to ask someone out there to do it because I haven't got uh, stuff in front of me. But, I mean, I think it's outpaced all the other banks mm. over a 10-year period. Um, but David, David's right. Mm. It comes off an incredibly low base. Mm. Yeah. 
and it, it had a lot of catching up to do. I mean, their return on equity was abysmally low in comparison to the other banks, but it still is quite low. Mm. So there is still some upside potential there. Mm. I mean, Investec was in the wilderness for years. Yes. And, uh, you know, and it's South African earnings always made up the bulk of its earnings. Of mm. course, its executives got paid in pounds. They had the whole Kensington disaster, the subprime mm. yes. crisis. I mean, it mm. really has taken a hell of a long time to get right. Um, okay, so... Yes. <clears throat> you know, I don't know whether this is funny, Titi. I don't want to say anything bad about Stephen Kossoff and the previous management, but uh, things might have, you know, the new management might have just steadied the ship, got it right, and it's been a, it's been an incredible performer. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm saying when I did the numbers the other day and I looked at its uh, total return relative to other banks, it just knocked them sideways. You know, uh, Nedbank was the worst. Nedbank came right at the bottom. And in fact, uh, Standard Bank of First Rand was somewhere in the middle. But uh, Stan, uh, but Investec and Capitec have been the winners mm. over a five, you know, certainly over a five-year period. Well, over over, over three years, Investec's up two hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yes. All credit to to the new management team. Uh, you know, it was also under them that they you know halved off ninety-one. Um, mm. Okay. Then, yeah. uh, uh, from Investec to a very small company, which most people probably wouldn't have heard about other than about on Twitter today, it's Kibo Energy. Um, mm. <laughs> and the viewer says, can your panel, Wayne, if available, assist with this one? Totally unknown to me. Wayne, um, also, I think... Well, yes, it was totally unknown to me until today as well. <laughs> so what happened is Moneywear published an article saying that... that Another company, Australian company, for the life of me, I can't remember its oh, names, but Kinetico, it's called okay. Kinetico. Kinetico, that's yeah. it, yeah. They've just discovered this monster oil field gas near field. Secunda. Gas field near Secunda. Massive gas field near Secunda. That's got how many billions and trillions of liters of gas there. And they related, and MoneyWeb reported that they related to Kibu Energy. Kibu then issued a send statement saying, there's no tie-up whatsoever between the two, and I did some, and then I did some investigations into the Kinetico, and they had their shares suspended on the Australian stock market today, pending a major announcement. Now, when I last looked, which was about half past four, they hadn't made that announcement yet, but it, it more than likely is this big gas field. So, mm. yeah, but that was the story on Kibu today. But the and good news, the share price is down ninety six percent in the last. Yeah, but uh, it was up fifty. The good news is Kiba went from two cents to three cents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is the beauty of a penny stock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, although so, I, I'm sort of it's a head scratcher because I, I would have thought if it was a you know a you know trillion cubic liter gas field in Secunda, why did Cecil not know about this? Or that's am I probably just, leaked from Cecil. <laughs> Probably there's a hole in one of Cecil's pipes or something. That's just my stupid question. But, um, okay, all right. So, yes. Um, now, there's a, a viewer that sends um, a, a fairly lengthy question, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a nice one to ask. So, uh, excuse me while I pull it up. And he talks about selling the gains to rebalance your portfolio. Um, is it a good idea to sell my gains and redistribute said gains by beefing up my weaker holdings? 
by beefing up weaker holdings, I do not mean buying more shares in rubbish companies. Um, um, I do not mean selling my winners to buy losers. I mean the following by way of example. Okay, so I own the FANGs. I also own NVIDIA. NVIDIA with its gains is now 20% of my portfolio's weighting. Amazon is 5% of my portfolio weighting. So I sell some of my NVIDIA gains to beef up my Amazon holdings. The dilemma is that this dilutes my NVIDIA holdings. But on the other hand, I'm adding to Amazon, which is a good company. I'm probably <laughs> answering my own question, but my tendency <laughs> would be to keep the winners running. So keep the gains in NVIDIA. And if I want to buy more Amazon, rather add more capital. I just wanted to know if the wise men agree or if there is another way of looking at rebalancing a portfolio. Uh, David. Yeah, I, I get this question all the time because uh, luckily we have been in NVIDIA and people start to get vertigo. They get very anxious if the share price goes up and, you know, and, and they're actually making money. They get very scared that they're going to lose money. I still like NVIDIA, I have to say. I still think that it's ahead of the game and I still think that demand for its chips is going to um, you know, uh, outweigh supply. So I think there's still a lot of upside, but I understand where the, the viewer is coming from. You know, especially if you're going to switch into something like Amazon, which I think at this point has also a lot of upside around the whole AI um, theme. So, mm. yes, it, it would make sense to kind of dilute it. But generally, my view is, listen, if it's a winner and it's going to keep winning, just leave it. You know, I, I always ask, would I buy it for a new client? If I'm going to buy it for a new client, why do I want to sell it for an okay. older client? You know? So, but I mean, again, I don't think there's a definitive answer. Mm. You know, I don't think you can give it, 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 it just depends on the circumstances as well. But <laughs> I like to keep my winners if they're winning. Because Wayne, I mean, I suppose um, the other nuance to that question is what if your winners are cyclical companies? Witness yes. the resources stock. Mm. So, mm. you know, uh, <clears throat> in that look, case, look, then maybe you should sell some of your winners. Yeah. Look, in theory, every position you've got in your portfolio, you believe there's an investment case to be made for it. And some of them just might not have worked and paid off yet. And a few of them have worked and paid off. So I, I, I'm a little bit different today, but I don't see any problem with rebalancing. You know, if you've got a share in your portfolio where your base case and assumptions are no longer valid, then sell it. No matter what your losses are, you know, get rid of it. But the idea of rebalancing your portfolio Oh, we've. But you know, in in my view, for what it's worth, twenty uh, percent in one share is a lot of money. You know, we've seen uh, we've seen what can happen to these go-go shares. They can get destroyed and very quickly. Sometimes they recover and you forget about it, but sometimes they don't recover. I mean, there are and the, I mean, the stock market is littered with examples of real go-go shares that everyone piled into like there was no tomorrow and it disappeared. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, that NVIDIA is that type of share, so, but, but I don't see any problem if a share has become too big. You take money out of that and put it into another share in your portfolio that you believe in, yeah. but just might not have performed so well. Yeah. And then my last statement is, no one jumped out of a window <laughs> by taking profits. Uh, this is my favorite of the Wayne truisms of the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you might have had a, a bit of a, a fun time too if you took some of your profits. Um, okay. Uh, a share that is probably in many portfolios that people are wondering what to do about is MTN. And the viewer says, please shed some light on the MTN share. Have we reached the bottom? 
David. You mean that thing's going to pick up? They were up and down on this announcement uh, that uh, MasterCard is taking a percentage. You know, Julia, if they can get that right, this is a very competitive area, fintech. Um, and, and if they can get it right, if they can get something going, particularly in Africa, because they represented in virtually every country, if they can introduce an app that catches on, then they've got upside. And that has always been the appeal to me. But it's been, it's been long coming. You know, it's just like laboring. When's it going to happen? Yeah. And every time you wait for something, some other country is enforcing some tax issues on obligations or, or things are happening there. So, but I, you know, it's it's still a good business. I like the management. I think the management are really, you know, uh, proper management. And I suppose it, it is one company that you can buy at these kind of levels. Hmm. But uh, I, I just wish they would deliver. You know, and I, you know, I yeah. wish it would all happen. Wayne, I mean, yeah, are you prepared to say, take all I'm, the extraneous I'm very, <clears throat> I'm very cautious about fintech and payment systems. Every person and their dog is developing fintech and payment systems and payment gateways. Everyone you speak to in this field is developing a payment gateway and a fintech business. Everyone. So this is highly, highly competitive. But to come to MTN, the share looks like reasonable value. Mm. There's massive risks attached to MTN. But you know, that at a 10 price earnings ratio, that's, you know, Probably okay, but I'm, I'm not going to put my own personal money into it. Uh, it'll have to get a little bit cheaper first, I would think. Okay. Uh, and then last question on EOH before I get to stock picks. Uh, what's your take? Is it binary? I suppose either... Yes uh, or no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so are there any yeses? Are there any yeses for EOH? Uh, no. no when, it's, when, when, when it's binary, it's almost like you're buying a put option, uh, a call option. You know, you, you're paying, you're paying, you're paying call premium here. So, you know, don't, don't buy it on the fundamentals that it's a good company and it's going to recover. Buy it on the fundamentals that the share could just as easily go to five rand a share as what it could go to three cents a share. Okay. In other words, just take the money, you spend it. If it pays off, you smile. If it doesn't pay off, well, then it's just option money. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. When David, you look at the, yeah. when you look at the share, it looks like uh, the hospital, you know, when you when you watch a movie <laughs> uh-huh. or something like this, and the person dies, and it goes, you know, just goes sideways, and that's what's been happening yeah. to EOA. This is a, this is not a, this is not a, sh- a Shapiro share bottom left. No, this is just going nowhere. It's one big battle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, and you know, I feel for them. Um, okay. All right. Option money. Getting to your topics this evening, uh, give us some of those left to right um, uh, um, <laughs> graph options out there. Um, Wayne, what what are you? Keeping? No, I'm I'm not going for a left to right. Although it's actually not all that bad. I'm going to go for NetBank, and it's just you know symptomatic of the South African banking sector. Now, this is we all know the problems in South Africa. But to come back to one of the tenets of investments, things are only cheap when there's real problems around. It's the only time that shares are cheap. You know, they're not cheap when there's good news around. Mm. And all of these big banks, I mean, there are some, there are exceptions that aren't quite the same uh, data, but you're getting an 8% dividend yield. Dividends aren't under threat yet. Yeah. You know, that that's a fantastic valuation for companies that are well capitalized and have survived many, many downturns. You know, 
it just looks like real, really good value now. And, and I mean, these shares haven't done badly post-COVID either. Yeah. So I don't think okay. you're taking a big risk here. But okay. I mean, as we know, the share could fall 20% before it goes up. Yeah. Okay. David, what's your... I'm going pick? for a share or for a company where Wayne would be a lot more at home than me. Um, and that's at Home Depot. I think they had really good results. And, yeah, and yeah. Home Depot is an iconic brand in, in the United States and really well run. And uh, I just think that the results were better than expected. Um, they're opening a lot of new stores. And when they open a store, you know, it's not like a corner shop. This is not like a cash pool, nail spray store. This is huge. But I, I, I just think that things are going to start coming right for them. And uh, it's a, it's a brand. And they've got a lot of, they, they've got big market share in a very fragmented uh, industry. So I think it's, uh, I've always liked the business. Yeah. Even though I don't ever, if ever you see a hammer in my hand or a screwdriver, run away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It either means you're about to top yourself or off somebody else. Fine. Okay, yeah. got it. Uh, David Wayne, we have to leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us this evening, as always. Uh, David Shapiro is from Assassin Securities. Wayne McCurry is from FNB Wealth and Investments. Up next, the close. Stay with us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.